The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking time to be with us this evening. Where I'm at, it is cold. It's real cold. Midwest, East Coast, it's cold. I guess it's great if you're in Arizona, Vegas, or maybe even Miami, but... Hell, it's cold. It is cold. But, hey, that's what wintertime's all about, I believe. Talking about what I believe, I was taking a peek at it today, $11 million in exotic predictions. Still time to get on board. I always say that because it's true. If you're not hooked up, you can get hooked up. It's very easy to do. Big things coming in 2011 for winning ponies. Real-time results in biggins. That means you don't have to wait. It's going to be instantaneous. They've got with one of the industry leaders in providing up to the second millisecond information, results, biggins, track conditions. Boy, is that a plus when you're handicapping. Changes and scratches. You're in a contest. You're bouncing back and forth. You want to know who's up there. They'll have it before they will. Post-time data. What a handy tool for wagering. Up to the minute cancellations, changes data of a horse is scratched, because if you're betting multi-race exotics, I think that's an important tool because state-by-state it changes. Anyway, it's all for you. Comes to you in 2011. It's from Winning Ponies, and it's going to be up-to-the-minute, real-time action. Easy-to-use, color-coded tier levels. Trust you me, the one to nines are not always their top tiers. I love to go and see those 20 and 15 to one shot tier levels, especially when Pony sending me to play in the Beulah Park Contest this weekend. Hope Beulah is running, but in fact, if they're not, there's going to be a bevy of other tracks going. Love to see those 20 and 30 to one shots in the top tier. Those are the ones that can send you to Vegas, and they're sending me to Beulah. Thank you, guys. Can't wait to go. Speed ratings for the current race. That's this race. They have a speed rating already out there for. And then the last three kind of gives you a measuring stick there, a little barometer. And then they have turf ratings. So you've kind of covered this race, the last three, and turf. What more could you ask for? And then the part I like, the handy-dandy icons. And they can make all the difference between winning and losing. A couple just to, that really kind of hit the top of my head. Three-year-olds versus older, monster work, dropping in class, a sharp workout, and much, much more. Right off to the right-hand side, they're color-coded. They're really eye-catchy. Sometimes you're, you're missing a monster work. I'm kind of between two horses. Wait a minute. There's a monster work here. This went, horse went six panels and 11 change. i got to take a peek at that. 
Hence the icons. Really easy to use. Check it out, www.winningponies.com. whole lot of new stuff coming in 2011. It's only going to get bigger and better. Check it out. It only gets better from here. What's happening tonight? We're going to do a little recap of last week. Talk about the results from last weekend. If you were under a rock and or if you just missed it, we're here to kind of refresh your memory. we got some big ones, how we were actually doing. And hopefully you cashed in on all of the above. A little opening story to kind of wet our whistle. I'm not, not happy on this one, but you know what? It's racing news, and I'm going to toss it out there. And someone that will no longer grace the winner's circle. Coming your way. Two guests tonight, Mr. 5000, welcome to the club, sir. The sixth in racing history, red-hot trainer, Mr. Scott Lake, will be guest number one. Guest number two at the bottom of the hour, the terror of Tampa Bay, four-time leading rider. That's consecutive titles in a row, Mr. Daniel Centeno, Mr. Tampa Bay. This guy is tough. Also rides a press guy on the summer, mountaineer, you name it, he does it. Daniel Centeno will be joining us. There's two powerhouse interviews. Can't wait. And we got a little time for news and final furlong handicapping. We'll toss that in at the bottom. But, hey, I'd rather hear from the guys. And if we got time, you better believe we're going to be talking horses. With that in mind, let's kick it up last week where we left off. Hopefully you left off with some winners. The Hollywood Starwood. Star. <laughs> The Hollywood Starlet Stakes. What does it sound like Elmer Fudd there? Grade 1 Hollywood Park. $409,000 for two-year-olds a mile on the 16th. Winner is Turbulent Descent. Mike Pipey and David Flores between the years. Wins by a length and a quarter. Very nice indeed. And we go to the Queens County Stakes. A grade 3 at Aqueduct. hundred grand for three-year-olds and up a mile and three-sixteenths. Winner is more than a reason. Eddie Castro. For Randy Fassad, wins by a dirty head right at the wire. you got to love those kind. They give you gray hair. Then we go to the Fred W. Hooper, grade three at Calder. Value of the race, $100,000, three and up a mile and an eighth. Winner, Tackleberry. Joel Santiago, Luis Oliveras, wins by a nose. Those are the ones that really give you gray hair. Then we got the Springboard Mile Stakes, Remington Park, $250,000 up for grabs at Remington. That's very nice. Going to go one mile. Grant Jack is the winner. You got Michael Berry for Brett Calhoun. Wins by a solid length. Louisiana Champions Day, the classic stakes. Fairgrounds, $150,000. They're up for grabs a mile and an eighth. Robbie Alvarado aboard star guitar for Al Stahl. Strumming his way into the winner's circle. Wins by four. I don't think there was any doubt in that one. Star guitar really looked good. Uh, chalk players delight there. Louisiana Champion Day, ladies, fairgrounds, $100,000, a mile and a sixteenth. Ladies, Czar Bridge wins by two and a quarter lengths with Rosie Napravnik in the yards. Well, I love Rosie. I think she can just flat out horseback. Louisiana Champion Day, still the Lassie Stakes, $100,000. Evergrass won six panels, three quarters of a mile, or six furlongs, whatever you like to call it. Winner is Rayena. Jamie Terrio in the answer. Tim Ritchie winning by a nose. Wow. They must have that little bird from the Flintstones actually etching it out on the uh, stone down there at the fairgrounds because on Cajun time, they move at their pace, and sometimes it's slow, but they get it done right. Louisiana Champions Day on the Turf Stakes Fairgrounds. Value of the race is 100 grand a mile to 16th on the weeds. Winner, Snake Bite Kit. 
Uh-oh, Rosie Napravnik again for Eddie Johnson. Wins by a length in three parts. Very nice indeed. Still in Louisiana, Champions Day, the Juvenile Stakes at Fairgrounds, $100,000. Once again, six furlongs, three quarters, whatever you want to call it. Sukasa G. Casa. Carlos Gonzalez, one of the best speed riders still in the nation for Brett Calhoun. Two and three parts of a length. Still in Louisiana, the sprint. The fairgrounds, $100,000 up for grabs. Winner goes to the winner's circle. Flashy, wise cat. Kerwin Clark for Terry Young wins by three and a quarter lengths. Louisiana Champions Day, still the sprint for ladies, $100,000. Cajun Conference is the winner. Miguel Mena, Freddie Heinzman there, two and a quarter length winner. Jim Edgar, Illinois Futurity at Hawthorne, $99,400 to be exact. Up for grabs, amount 16th. Winner Eddie Razo board table games for Chris Block. This guy's just double tough. And we got a guy that's double tough, and we're going to go out real quick to Dangerous Dan before we go on to Mr. Scott Lake. Dan, are you there? Ed, I wanted to get in here real quick and give you a couple bombs for tomorrow night at Turfway if they do indeed run. Lay it on uh, Danny. I'll jump right to the third at Turfway. Uh, the two, Wildemar Springs, written by John McKee, written by, or, written by John McKee, trained by Charles Laproste. Uh, three-year-old Gelding just broke his main at Alice last start on the turf going a mile. Claiming 75, now winner of two, lifetime tomorrow. This horse should take to the poly. Been working very well at Keeneland. Morning line is 8-1 to one on this one. I like that. I like that. that. That's one from Dangerous Dan. Write that down in pen, please. You'll love this one, Ed, in the fourth race. The four... Bonaparte Jr., written by, I think it's William Anto Gurgia. Anton Georgie, pretty good writer. Yes. Uh, two-year-old Gelding making his debut. Cactus Ridge is a sire. You know how I feel about these Cactus Ridge <laughs> Cactus Ridge horses on the poly. First-time yeah. Lasix, first-time runner. Been working very well at the training center. And it's a maiden 7,500. Bottom level, that's what they paid for this horse. Might be worth a shot. He's 15 to 1. Danny calls it. He pointed right to center field over the wall. It will sail. Danny, I know you love your Cactus Ridge. I'll see you tomorrow at the track, my friend. See you then, Ed. Thank you, Danny. Dangerous Dan. We're going to continue on real quick. Talk about Biggins. Friday, December 10th, there was 113 total Biggins. Penn National led the pack. Superfecta, 15,260. And then we go to Saturday, December 11th, 94 total Biggins. Penitentiary, the Penn National, 12,369.60. You better watch my tongue. There's a gentleman that's holding online who, uh, who does quite a bit of bidding at the Penn National. I didn't mean to call it the penitentiary there, Mr. Lake. Turfway Park on Sunday, December 12th, 54 total Biggins, 2,128. That's a nice pick three. Monday, December 13th, 23 total Biggins Fairgrounds. Superfecta, 4,178 even. Tuesday, December 14th, 13 total Biggins. Sunland Park. Wish I could be out there where the sun is sweet. Race number seven, a Superfecta, 6,439.60. Wednesday, December 15th, 39 total Biggins. Charlietown, 12,859.80 in race number eight in a Superfecta. Thursday, December 16th, 33 total Biggins. Evangeline Downs down in the Big Easy, Superfecta, $2,613.80. So there you got it. Those are the biggins. Those are recap in case you were actually uh, actually under a rock. In the news, actually, I was going to let you know, and if you, if you missed out on it, it kind of brings a little bit of a tear to my eye because I remember him training, and uh, maybe Mr. Lake actually ran into him in his passes. We'll ask him. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes before we go to Scott Lake. 
passing of Mac Miller. Another gentleman trainer leaves us with fond memories. Mr. Mackenzie Mac Miller passed away 89 years old this week. He and his wife Martha lived in Versailles, Kentucky, home of Keeneland. Retired from training in 95 when a longtime client, Paul Mellon, began dispersing his racing stock. Jerry Bailey, I like this part, said he was the best thing that ever happened to him, and he was a great trainer and even a better human being. I can still remember like yesterday, Derby 119, 1993, Prairie Bayou's the 9-2 favorite, Sea Hero 13-1, three quarters, 1-11-1, top of the lane as Dave Johnson called it, Sea Hero splits runners, ducks to the rail, and Bailey did his bidding to win by two and a half lengths to give these gentlemen horsemen their first and only derby. Mac Miller was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 87. In addition to his feats, he was a well-known breeder with Chaluki and the Oaks winner, Light Light. He was born October 16, 1921, and came to work for Calumet Farms after World War II and opened a public stable in 1949. Mr. Miller, we will miss you. It is time to head out to a break, and then when we return, we're going to be chatting with Mr. 5000. I don't think it's going to be the first and last time he's going to hear it until he gets to be Mr. 6000. Red Hot Trainer and a gentleman man, gentleman trainer in his own right, Mr. Scott Lake. And you're only going to grab it here if you stay tuned to Winning Ponies. Well, I walk into the room, passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winnie Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us, because without you, there'd be no us. And Winnie Ponies is honored and pleased to have on as our special guest, and more importantly, as of late, the sixth trainer in history to saddle 5,000 winners, Mr. Scott Lake. Scott, are you there? I'm here, Ed. How you doing? I'm doing very well. And, and once again, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And I'm sure the, the media is driving you crazy because that, that is quite a milestone. And once again, congratulations on number 5,000 with a communicator, I believe, at Laurel Park. And you've joined an illustrious short list with, of Dale Baird, Jack Van Burr, King T. Leatherberry, Steve Asmussen. Can you describe for our listeners in any way, shape, or form for this momentous milestone for you? Well, it didn't really sink into about yesterday when we were driving, me and my wife were driving back from uh, Laurel, and, uh, and I, you know, it was real kind of quiet. My mother-in-law said, man, he's real quiet today, and I was driving home, and I looked at my wife, and I go, wow, you know what we just did? And she said, I know, she's it's amazing. <laughs> it truly is amazing. Uh, I've been watching you uh, ply your trade uh, here, there, and everywhere. It's uh, you're never going to turn a page, and Scott Lake could pop up anywhere, and I always, I always refer to Penn National. We always used to tease me, but a, friend, a couple friends, we always called it the penitentiary. And uh, we'd always flip there, hey, Scott Lake's got one in, or he's got two or three in, and there's plenty of, plenty of really heady horsemen there, and it's always been a good time watching you, uh, watching you actually saddle them up and bring them in. You grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, if I have that correct, and you're son of a police officer, if I have that part correct. How did you find your way to the track? Well, my dad, he absolutely loved racing and he used to take us when we were kids and, uh, you know, uh, he'd take, we, I had two brothers and each week he'd go out, he'd take one of us and, you know, and, uh, it, it just absolutely fell in love with the first time I ever went. Did he ever own horses or just a bit of a punter or? Yeah, no, he actually, he went in the hospital for an operation and I think it was in 76 and, uh, shared a room with a, uh, a guy that was just moved from New Orleans and he was a trainer and, uh, Got out of the hospital, became best friends with the guy, and he got a horse. <laughs> oh, that is a cool story, and well, and I think you've you've done pretty good. I mean, you know, six man in history, and I'd have to say everyone in your family is awfully proud. And uh, I, I just every time I, I read it, and by the way, the uh, Maryland Jockey Club did a tremendous job with a with a press release piece there. I know you've you've read and seen a whole bunch, but they did just a tremendous job coming out of Laurel there. You, you've won dozens of titles from Penn National, Philly Park now slash Parks, Delaware, Pimlico, Laurel, mainly with blue-collar claimers, but you also have a solid background with some Breeders' Cup runners and a very solid record. Uh, enlighten us on the, the whole history of uh, Mr. Lake's uh, stables there. Well, we, you know, we've kind of done it all and. You know, started out with all the claiming horses and, you know, had a few guys that decided to go to the sales. And, you know, we've, we've done all right the whole way through and uh, couldn't be prouder of it. Oh, I, how could you not? You know, it, some of the best trainers ever, uh, Bobby Frankel, Jack Vanberg, you know, they, they, they've, they've cut their teeth. I mean, the list goes on and on. They just popped into my head, zap, zap. And, and Scott Lake, people that have, uh, you know, that did well with the claimers and then uh, – and then actually uh, made their way up. 
one of the funnier quotes that we had Al Stalin a few weeks ago. I said, well, how are you doing it, Al? And he said, well, he said, I'm on a different feeding regimen. I said, how so? He said, I'm feeding much better horses now. A little truth in that? Yeah, that's great. That's absolutely truth in that. You know, you get a loaded gun, it's going to go off in your hands, and, and uh, you know, you just got to get the right horse. You never know where it's going to come from. Well, no matter if they're running for uh, optional five or it's the Breeders' Cup where, you, where you've done very well, uh, it's, it's always exciting to watch because I'm, I'm a big fan, and, and especially the smaller circuits, uh, I've, I've always been a big fan of that. As with every great trainer, they surround themselves with the right assistants, grooms, exercise riders, etc. Does this hold hold true for uh, for Team Lake? Absolutely. I you know I always try to say we you know we did this and we did that. And I had one somebody said to me, "Well, who's we?" And I said, "It's my crew. It's you know my assistants, my you know my owners, my horses. You know everybody that's been involved with us from day one. That's you know my I have a real low turn of." Of owners of turning or turning over help, uh, guys been with me ten, fifteen years, and you know it's just uh, uh, it's a pleasure having them uh, work for me. You know the best part when I said congratulations about the five thousand, you said you know you were kind of quiet. The thing that kind of caught me there when you when you alluded to we, you said you looked at your wife and you said we, can you believe what we did? And I, I just thought that was so cool. You know, it's so easy to take the limelight, but you shared it with one of the most important, if not the most important person in your life. And, uh, and I think that's really cool. As a, as yeah, a my trainer, wife, she's, oh, I apologize. Yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she's, you know, been there for me the whole way through. And, you know, me being on the road all the time and, you know, come home and I'm stressed about the barn and the owners and the horses and this and that. And, you know, and she, she'll sit there and listen to earful, and she's been phenomenal through this whole thing. I'll tell you what, they always say behind every good, no, 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 no. It's an equal <laughs> partnership, and I think it's terrific that you actually have uh, someone who knows the game and, and been around the game and, you know, probably is uh, indispensable. You you couldn't, you probably couldn't get uh, get halfway there without her, and you're a lucky, lucky lad. As a, as a trainer who can be found at any track, any day of the week, uh, practically anywhere, where do you stable and track most of the year? Well, Philly's my home, uh, you know, and you know, I live actually about a mile from the racetrack, and, uh, you know, I, I spend most of my week here, you know, not only being in two spots now, I'll go to Delaware maybe two times a week, and, and Philly the other five days, so we kind of stick close to home. How many head do you have in training now? We're down about, uh, about 70, 75 horses right now. <laughs> down to about 75 wow that that's that's a very solid number and and i'm sure you you know each and every hide and hair and and uh, exactly what you have uh, you've seen about every surface turf turf course draining facilities uh poly track uh, uh cushion you've seen probably uh, every bit of uh, surface known to man do you favor the synthetic revolution or are you more of a traditionalist when it comes to the ovals uh I despise the synthetic surface. It's uh, it's not to my style of training. It's not to my style of running. Uh, you know, I'll run over it if I have to, but give me the old-fashioned dirt and I'm happy. <laughs> How did it go wrong for, uh, I don't know, almost 150 years? How did it just go wrong and then overnight? As you see, California, they're kind of, they're kind of evolving back into the dirt. They're transitioning. Do you remember when they had the dictate where if you didn't have it done within five years, you weren't a track anymore? 
I, I, I was absolutely shocked by that. I couldn't even imagine that people, you know, jumped right into this and bought right into it. The statistics of, you know, without mentioning any names, the guy goes, oh, you know, I have this at my farm and I'm training horses here and I've never had a breakdown here. And then you go, well, what's, why is that one standing in the stall and he's broke down? Oh, he did that at the track. I mean, there was no evidence to any of that that it was this, you know, end-all or save-all thing to the business. Yeah, Scott, uh, this is a, a layman asking a professional. Now, I, I live close to Turfway Park, and so you know what type of service they have, and I work at River Downs, so you know that they have an old-fashioned dirt oval there being a small track. So the best of both worlds are about 12 miles apart. This is what I'm hearing from trainers, and confirm, deny, or direct me, or, or get me in the right direction. The people that are actually training on the synthetic. They say their horses are actually doing better. If they've had a little bit of an ailment, they actually do better, but they say once they transfer back to the dirt and they get the old road pounding like a boxer getting some road work, that's when the injuries start. It's almost like they've been masked to a degree by working on the synthetic. And my, my experience is with it, if you're, if, you know, like if you have those all-weather tracks that the, the colleges have for their runners and stuff, and it's that, you get that bounce and that spring off of it a little bit, that's what the poly track's like. And you can go out and you can train a horse that normally would go out in the morning on a dirt track and be real stiff moving, hit the ground like a ton of bricks and everything. You put him on that surface, he's going to train a lot better because he's get that spring action. You, you take him off that surface and jog him down the road on McAdam Road to see how he's, if he's any sounder, and he's no different than he was when you were training over the dirt track. The only, notice, the only thing is you notice it when he's on the dirt track training. You don't notice it when he's on that track training. Philly Park, I, I'm having trouble with this, Parks. Now, I, I've got to get it out of my mind. That it's always going to be Philly Park in my heart. Has been on the, on the change and or casino presence is in place. And, and you see this on the circuit as well as Penn National growing as a player's preferred track. In your heart, in your professional view, do you see, because the purse structures are going to be bigger, field size are going to be bigger, is this going to be a player's track, a preferred track in the future, three to five years down the road? Uh, I would like to say yeah, but, you know, there's only the guys, what's going around from place to place like I do, the guys that run in New York, want to be in New York, you know, or the guys that are in New York, they want to run in New York. The guys that are in California want to run in California. You know, they, you know, the guys in Maryland, they don't want to ship. They want to be at that track in Philly, you know, you know, taking a bad rap for a long time as far as, you know, like the surface not being the best and people riding in the middle of the racetrack and this and that. And it, it doesn't look like it's changing, you know. It's just, uh, you know, people still have that mentality that Philly Park isn't a good place to handicap and bet horses. You know, I'm I'm not going to say, gee, Willikers, I I'm not there. I can't see it. And, and as I said before, I'm 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 a layman looking in, and I'm not going to try to get into a professional's domain. But I think in time, as as the purse structures get bigger, and the fields even get bigger, I think that I'm going to say five years. I think Philly Park's going to be mentioned up there in the top ten tracks that as as a better that I'm going to play. I'm hoping you're right. Believe me, I'm hoping you're right because I love racing at Philly. You know, it's what I consider home, even though I grew up at Penn. Uh, this is what I consider home now. I think Penn is right behind them in many ways, but Philly Park, uh, well, both have a turf course. And, uh, and in fact, or excuse me, I, I believe that Penn National still has a turf course. Yes, they do.
Excellent. So I'm I'm a big turf player, and I'm looking forward to that. I, I think this is going to be a hidden jewel in a gym, and and hopefully for you, you can stay closer to home. With casinos dominating the conversation in in many many states, and it's it's not a, an answer a panacea of any way uh, to allow tracks to compete. Is this model necessary in your mind? that we must have it in order to, to fight back, to allow horsemen to make, that, uh, to make the, the money that they deserve, to allow everyone in racing to actually survive. Yeah, this, I mean, horse racing uh, is a, sort of a dying industry. Like, you know, you, you go to track, you don't see a whole lot of young people. Now with the casino at Philly Park, you see young people coming to the races and drifting down, you know, from the card rooms and stuff and, and seeing what's going on. And, uh, you know, so I, I think it, it's an absolute necessary for, you know, and for the horsemen to survive. And we've, we're used to running for no money at all and still making ends meet. And now, you know, we have actually have an opportunity to make a living. I can't wait for that day to come. And, 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 and Monmouth Park was a great example. I, I've alluded to it so many different times of the less is more I don't know if that's the answer. I, I think I think there's so many things we must keep an open mind for, but any type of Russino, Cusino, or any type of supplement to purses, I'm all for because I have so many trainers, uh, our friends that are trainers and their horsemen and owners, I want to see them be able to stay in the game. Scott, I have the fast five questions, and then I'm going to turn you loose because I know you're tired of my rhetoric and you've been so kind and it's such a good sport. It's just like Jeopardy without the big money. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. All right, question number one. Who is the best horse that you've ever trained? Thunderella, without a doubt. Thunderella in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, are you finish second? Yeah, you run second, got beat ahead by uh, Orientate. Uh, wow, that, that means either I play too much or I've got a good memory. I probably have played too much. Uh, question number two. If you weren't a trainer, what would you be doing today? Man, I have no idea. We were just talking about this today, and I was a friend of a kid that used to be one of my assistants, Steve Krebs. He's training on his own, and you know he's struggling a little bit. And I looked at him. And I said, "Why would you want it? Why would anybody want to do anything else in this world other than this? Every day you wake up, you have a shot to make money." <laughs> that <laughs> I don't know if it could have been better said by anyone. Uh, that's incredible, trader through and through. Question three: Has the industry made strides? Or is it spinning its wheels with safety equipment such as whips, jackets, and helmets that riders wear? Well, me personally, I think it's spinning its wheel. It's more about perception anymore. Uh, but, you know, if, it's, if it brings more people to the races and makes more people comfortable with what we do for a living, then I'm, I'm all for it. Okay, fair enough. Question number four. Each time a two-year-old is in your barn, does Derby Fever enter your mind uh actually i've learned to control my uh my <laughs> eagerness about the two-year-olds as they come in and i actually this i got one this year that i really is a rockport harbor i i ran the other day he was second by a nose first time out and i told uh i told somebody see this is the best horse i've had since thunderella oh my goodness can we share a name yeah horse's name is harbor kid Harbor Kid. Mark that one down, ladies and gentlemen. You might want to put that one in your stable mail. Last one for your Fast Five. Five years from now, where will Scott Lake be? Probably, hopefully, hitting the 6,000 number and, uh, and doing the same interview with you. <laughs> well, thank you for the, uh, the interview at, uh, at 1,000 races. I know it's going to come sooner rather than later. 
Scott, on behalf of Woody Buddies, we'd like to thank you for your time this evening. Congratulations. This is just incredible. What timing to, to have a, a gentleman on, a gentleman trainer to be joining us. And we're looking forward to your next milestone and uh, for you and your operations. Good luck to you and yours on and off the track. And once again, thanks for joining us this evening. Ed, thank you very much. I appreciate it. The pleasure's been ours, Scott. Mr. Scott Lake, gentleman trainer and uh, quite a horseman indeed. He's going to be hard-pressed. You're going to be hard-pressed not to find him because he could be from New York. Uh, he could be from Bangor, Maine to, uh, I don't know, you name it, he'll be there. I'll tell you what, Scott is a long-distance runner and an all-day hunter. Okay, joining us now, we've got our second guest online here. We're not going to take a break because, you know what, I'm having too much fun. And now joining us, I'm going the terror of Tampa Bay because this guy can flat out horseback. He's coming in with us, and he is, I believe, four titles in a row at Tampa Bay, Mr. Daniel Centeno. Daniel, are you there? Yeah, how you doing? I was good evening. I'm doing very well, sir, and thank you for taking your time. I know I pestered you all this week, and you're busy enough, and the last thing you need is doing this, but thank you for taking your time. And We just finished up with Scott Lake and uh, Trainer, and I don't know, have you, have you ever ridden a horse for Scott? I rode for him a few, few times on New Jersey. Okay. And, and Maryland, yeah. And then okay. congratulations, God, for the 5,000 winner. Wow. I'll tell you what, that that was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. A lot of winners. <laughs> that is a lot. Kicking it right off uh, with our first question for you, Mr. Centeno. You are no novice to racing. You started at a young age, and your father was involved in racing as well, I believe. No, actually, my dad uh, was a boxer. And um, now he's in training, he's in training boxers, and he's never been in in, in, in the horse racing. And I got a, he got a few friends involvement in the in the business and the racing. I love that. You know what? Yeah. I, I always say I love to be corrected. I love it. Did he have any big name fighters? Yeah, he was. He's pretty good. He's um, he got a seven world champions on all his career. He traveled around all the world. He's, he's doing very well in, in his job. Wow! And I guess you're not one to mess with in the jockey's room. Uh, you know how jocks can uh, sometimes uh, take off the gloves and go at it. I don't think they want to take you uh, in, in, a, in the dark corner there, do they? They, they don't want to try, but they know. <laughs> <laughs> Dad taught you well. Riding in, I believe, Venezuela and coming to the United States, uh, who have been your major influence in the racing game? Um, like I say, a friend of my dad and um I rode in Venezuela for 14 years, and I came here in 2004. Uh, a friend of mine, Iwin Rosendo, he ride a lot for Skull Lake on a road in Delaware. And he found me, he was riding in Cleveland, he found me at AM for that time. We were looking for a rider, and he called me, and um, I came here in 2004, in Cleveland. And then I was doing well and tried to get him better and ride him better track. With, with the new and young riders, I'm going to say apprentice riders and just young riders overall, do you ever find yourself as a, as a mentor just trying to help them out with a little bit of advice? Yeah, you know, I can hear and then I'm, I'm here bit the business here, the racing here is completely different in my country. You know, you have more professional, better horses, more quality, and then uh, you start learning every day something different, especially when in Venezuela we don't have grass racers. You come here and then you start riding on the grass and you have to learn a lot. It's completely different now under there. 
think I do learn every day something different and watch a lot of races, especially the guys from New York, from Hollywood, or the big guy. I, I like a lot. I like to watch a lot of races. I think that is the, uh, as they would say, the old-timers would actually uh, put their time in and watch it. And I think there's no better way than to help the young people than to, to hear from a, a, a seasoned professional such as yourself, and I'm, and I'm sure they greatly appreciate it. Many riders, Daniel, have a personal favorite of what they like to do. Some like two-year-olds, some prefer the Phillies, some like closers, some are better with speed, some like turf, first-timers. Do you have any specific choice of a runner for you? Um, I depend on the horse, but I, I like, I say I like being the lead now than, than before. I can be in close and you know, on behind too, but I think I, I feel more comfortable when I'm in the lead. I think that the horse can get relaxed and I can do whatever I want, whatever I want when they let me go to the lead. You know, I've heard more, more, more riders actually, uh, they say that uh, the real secret, we've had Pat Day on, was, uh, getting them to relax. He says some riders, it's just a natural instinct. Some fight them from, from yo to go from the gates open till the, till the, yeah. uh, the end of the race. But they said it's a real, it's a gift to be able to get them to relax. Yeah, this is the, the main thing. On, on when you got a horse that go to the lead or got a speed, you know, you have to let him be himself, ready to relax, and say the most he can for the end. It, it, it's, uh, it's worked for you in spades, and we're glad to see that. And Oldsmar, home of Tampa Bay, has been very good to you. Four-time defending champion, I believe, and the track where we see you ride most of the year, at least that's, that's for me, And because I love Tampa Bay. I love the circuit, the, the big horses, the turf racing. And uh, Can you let us in on how, uh, how you have really kind of found your mojo, your magic, do you understand the track better than some and or most? Is there something you, you like to do at Tampa? You know, I, I like you say, I, I know the track, both on the grass, I know the main track, and then um, I've been riding there for six years now, and then, you know, I know the trainers, all the people that are coming down, even sometimes that the new people know what will happen, but I know the track very well, and then, the last couple of years, they tried doing both better than doing better uh, work on the main track, and as and the grass is exceptional. It's nice, nice, nice track, and um, I know the horses and I know the track, so I got a little advantage from the, the the other guys. Is there any type of bias? If if, if it's wet, is it more speed, or if it's uh, dry, is it cuppy and uh, and favors closers? Is there anything? From uh, as the, there's players and gamblers out there that like to follow your career, and they also like to understand more about the ovals or something that people should look for. You know, it's just pretty fair. It's pretty fair. It's very fair for everybody. All kind of horses. From from like what I say, you got you can very relax from the lead. You can take a wire to wire, or you can go close or from behind. But the trial right now is pretty fair, and then uh, what I say it depends on what kind of horse you got in the race. Well, that, that's always great to hear from a fan's perspective that uh, a lot of the old-time tracks, uh, Keeneland used to be, uh, when they had dirt, uh, it used to be the, called the conveyor belt. If you got speed on the lead, if you're on top by a head, you, you went to the winner's circle. But I, I really, from what I see of Tampa Bay, it, uh, it, it really looks fair to me as well. I mean, just from a, a layman's eye. This past summer, you took your tack to Presque Isle, and uh, I was watching your successful meeting with uh, Mr. Jamie Ness. 
Yeah, yeah, I got a great song and I can complain. First time in my entire life, I write a synthetic track I never, I never wrote before. Uh, the first couple of days was like a little weird for me, and then when you usually start writing every day, you get in, you get in there again. And then it was was a good experience, you know, for me. And and um, you know, it gave me a good trainer too, good friend with Scott, and they got very good good friends. And then, um, like I say, we got, we got a good team. We win a lot of races, and it was a new experience for me in my career. Well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Jamie Ness has taken the time to be with us, and that was always a lot of fun. And and speaking of someone who doesn't lay around much, and that would be you, it seems like you're always busy and always riding. Now, this past summer, I, I saw you Prescow Mountaineer, and uh, you probably were picking up action even on uh, off days from there. I mean, do you, do you get many days off? Uh, actually, I don't take a day off like in two years. I've been writing for two years straight, and um, no vacation, nothing. I lost my job. I lost ride horses, and um, I'm doing so well right now that you know I want to take advantage of that. You know, people watching me, and I get getting better and better every day, and try to ride for better training. And you know, the big guys and watching me. I rode in Prescott. I came down to Florida, and I went to Calder. I started riding in Calder a week later, and with that, for like two and a half months down there, and we do so good too. And then now I come back to Tampa, and I went through the opening days as a good start for you know an opening day, and then keep rolling. Oh, I, I love to. I love when Tampa Bay opens up, uh, and everybody keeps saying, "Well, the year is winding down." Not for me. It's just starting to begin. It depends on uh, what month you're talking about. I love when Tampa Bay opens up, and uh, it's, it's received some rave reviews from the Daily Racing Forum as, as a wonderful track to play from a fan's perspective. The rider calendar is very competitive, and the field sizes are full. I mean, I know that makes your job quite a bit tougher, but uh, it seems like if you're on 1-9 to nine or 19-1, to one, we receive an incredible ride out of you no matter who you're aboard. Yeah, I try with all my horses. You know, I try no matter what. It's even money or long shot. I try with all of them. Try to do the best I can with them and try to make the owners and the trainer and the, even the people, you know, make it happy. I know sometimes right long shot they wanna bet on me because they say, well, for some, you know, for some reason Danny rides a horse. You know, I try everything. You know, when you say you try with everything. I had the pleasure of speaking with your agent. I, now, I may butcher his last name and correct me, Danny Malou? Yeah, that's correct. And he seemed to be quite a gentleman. You guys make quite a tandem. Uh, it, it seems to be a great method to your madness and a method to your way to the winner circle. That uh, you, you said uh, 1 to 9 to 19 to 1, it doesn't matter. It seems like you guys are getting on the right horses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been together for four years now. He teaches me a lot, too. You know, he got a lot of and in this business, a lot of gear. It's uh, Joe Bravo when well, for for a long time living right and I'm a mammoth and he knows this business better than me and we talk a lot. He teased me a lot. I know those four years, you know, sometimes you make mistakes that you can see when you watch the replays, people outside can see it. Then we talk about it and they say, Hey, you don't do that again, try to do this, you know, get a little more patient in this part. But he, he helped me a lot, too. And then great guy, excellent AM. 
people love him. You know, he's a good, good gentleman. I called the racing office, and I asked for his number, and there was a, a young lady in the racing office, and she said, oh, you're, and she didn't know me from Adam, and she said, oh, you're going to love chatting with him. I said, oh, great. <laughs> I can't wait, and because that was the way that actually I contacted him. I always go through the agent to contact a rider because I feel that is the protocol and the professional yeah. way to do things, it's not to pester you without it because I could get that from a racing secretary. But I feel like working through Dan that, you know, he gave me some insight and what a guy. You, you, you've got a really, yeah. really good part of your team there. Yeah. Can't say enough good things about him. If you had to look into a crystal ball, where would you like to be riding in the next five years? Well... I hope someday, right, like I say, with those guys, uh, New York is my, my goal right now, try to go there. I was close. I won New Jersey. I broke a couple of times in April uh, last summer and the fall, and then try to be right there or try to one day. That's uh, my goal right now. I don't think that's out of the question right at this minute, just from my perspective. And with having a wonderful agent, I, I think it's just a matter of time when you're going to be there, much less looking into a crystal ball because your your talents are just far-reaching. Are you ready for your five questions, sir? Uh, I gave them to Scott Lake, and I have five for you as well, and you just give me the first answer that pops in your head. Okay. All right. Question number one, who gave you your first mount? Me? Who gave you your first mount? Who? What was the first horse that you were uh, booted up with? Wow, it was in Cleveland in 2004. <laughs> I don't remember what. Um, <laughs> I think I was Rodney Faulkner. I wanted out what writing for him. Hmm. Okay. You know what? That, that's kind of a that's like that. Well, who's your first girlfriend? I don't know. It was somebody, but I just don't know who. <laughs> it's a tough one. Uh, Question two. If you find yourself on the lead all alone, what do you chirp or say to your mount to get them to relax? Um, look to rain a little bit, talk to the horse. I like talk to them and they slow down and then start like playing in the lead. And when I knock on the quarter pole, they take off. I really, and when when you talked about wanting to be on the lead, I I said, wow, I said that that's really one of the neat five questions. Uh, Pat Day, he he gave this little whistling uh, whistling chirp, and it was kind of neat. Chris McCarron, uh, he had his own uh, that he told me in person. It was it was kind of neat, but uh, each each to his own, and they have their own magic. Question number three: Riding in Venezuela in the U.S. is safety getting better for the riders? Um, yeah. It, it, you, are, you, are you comfortable with the helmets and the jackets and, and the whips that yeah. they're really going yeah. with? Yeah, well, a, a lot of guys from Venezuela, they use it now the best and the, the safety helmet. And then here now the, the horse racing and the, the company to make them better for, you know, for more safety, like the best and the, the big helmet now. It's even very safety right now. But accidents, you know, always happen. Oh, yes, sir, they do. And, you know, no matter how good or who you're aboard, it can happen yeah. at any time. And yep. you have to be one of the bravest occupations. When you go out, you're, you're, you're a whole lot braver than ever I'd be. Question number four, who is the best horse that you've ever ridden? Uh, looking for the secret. 
<laughs> looking yeah, for the secret. You know, I think it's kind of funny. I think you're looking for the secret because I think the secret's going to be yeah. uh, you doing very well at Tampa this week. Yeah. Okay, final question, Mr. Santetto, and this is a little bit of a tough one, so you've got to kind of put your, put your mind's eye into this one. You hit the top okay. of the lane, and you have a horse that's closing. Now, I know you said you like the speed, but this one's coming off the pace. Okay. They're four across the track, and you have an eighth of a mile to go. Do you dive to the inside rail and hope for a, a little bit of a slip, or do you circle the field and try to catch momentum? And April, I think it depends how much room you are inside. You have to you got a lot of horse. You got to run inside. You got in through inside. Go by. You have to stay ground the more you can. A lot of people they're a little hesitant on uh, heading to that rail when there's not a wide open uh, wide open gap for them. Not being the case for you. Is it a wide open? I going through. Is not. Well, it's got to go outside and go around them. Have you have you found yourself making holes? Yep. <laughs> you, have to, you have to think right, real quick. You know, have more time. Sometimes they open up and they they look like a canyon, and sometimes they just appear for a second, and and then yep. they disappear as quickly as they opened That's up. Why you have to think quick? You know, you can get it through or no. You know, you go around. Daniel, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to wish you the best on and off the track, and with each and every mount. And we're going to be watching you at Tampa Bay and hopefully heading to the winner's circle more times than not. Thank you, sir, for your time, and we really appreciate you being with us. No, thank you very much, too, for the opportunity, and good luck to everybody. Yes, sir, and especially to you. Daniel Centeno, and a man of the saddle, and buddy, does he know Tampa. Let's head out to a quick break, and we return. We can come back, and maybe we'll do a little bit of news, and maybe we'll even have a horse or two we like here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award Program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouye and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice 
Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time to be with us. Right back to back. Yes, enjoyed it. Had to get a little bit of dry mouth. But wow, what a whole lot of fun. Scott Lake engaging. What a, what a trainer. 5,000 victories, sixth, sixth in history. And my goodness, we had him on this week. Very lucky to do that and uh, very pleased with that. And then uh, our second guest, Daniel Centeno, incredible uh, young man and uh and he seems very hasn't had a day off in two years. Can anyone say that? This guy doesn't call in sick to work. And uh, if I can give you two bits of uh, free advice, play him at Tampa Bay all you can. This guy gets the job flat out done. And then Dangerous Dan calls in, gets us a couple horses. What more could you ask for? Well, I'll tell you what we can ask for. we got a couple of minutes actually here to uh, to kind of jump in there and give out a couple horses, but I uh, wanted to kind of just touch on something real quick that, you know, kind of caught my eye here, and it was a blog, it was a photo gallery, and it was, it was actually, uh, the, the site was auto-flying, started about blogging, and it talks about New York City OTBs. You know, they have closed their doors probably for good. Said he wasn't much of an OTB player, but how neat it was. There were some really cool pictures. I get a lot of my stuff that I look for off Equidaily. And it helps me with blogs to know what other people are doing. I love to hear what other people's perspectives are. And you'll get a lot out of the Courier Journal, Equidaily. You'll get out of the Pollock Report. And, and they're wonderful blogs and, and ideas, as well as winning ponies. Occasionally you'll, uh, you'll get some beautiful free selections. I think tonight you're going to get some free selections for tomorrow because I'm going to get geared up and cranked up for the big contest this Saturday. So we got three minutes to run here, but i got to toss this one out at you. Now, I find this in the daily racing form, and don't say it has nothing to do with horse racing, because really it doesn't, but it has with gaming. Dave Tully writes for the racing form, and he talks about sports. Four NFL teams that have beaten the point spread most of the season. Now, as you're trying to guess them in your head, I'll make it real quick for you. Jaguars, Falcons, Lions, and the Rams. I kind of found it kind of neat. Dave Tully, I read all of his articles. I suggest you do the same. I don't think you're going to be disappointed because uh, Dave is uh, quite, uh, quite the gentleman, and I met a man at a contest who, uh, who told me quite a bit about uh, Dave and seems to be a great guy. Okay, a couple power plays I like on Saturday, and that is the 18th. Go to the second race at Aqueduct, and I like the one. That is Missile Motor, 702 Jamie Rodriguez. This guy's looking better and better in the saddle. Two times back, claimed for $7,500, ran second by a dirty nose as a beaten favorite. This is the third start off a layoff, and he's going up in class. He's got a bug rider. Eight for 14 in the money here. Exits off a victory. And uh, Neil Terciano going up in class wins 18% of the time. I like Missile Motor, the one in the second race at Aqueduct. And, uh, you know, it really kind of caught my eye. And if you know, you're afraid of that kind of price, you know, you're, you're really not really looking too, too close. And that leads me right into the third. The second in the third race 
was was all on my mind. And and in this uh, third race here at Aqueduct on Saturday, I like the nine. And, and the nine was why stop three to one. Alan Garcia, Rudy Rodriguez. I'm really sold on this guy as a trainer. On the year, he's winning 27 percent, 62 percent in the money. Incredible numbers there. Beaten favorite last time out. This is the second trip over the Aqueduct surface, the inner track that is. And as a beaten favorite, he wins 37% of the time, 70% in the money. Garcia and Rudy Rodriguez teaming up together are winning 67% of the time. I know. Too many numbers there. But in the third race at Aqueduct on Saturday, bet the nine, wise stop. And then I go to Fairgrounds on Saturday. we got a minute left here. And in the third race, the Esplanade is a $60,000 race at the fairgrounds. They're going five and a half furlongs right against the rail. I like the one Wildcat Eris. Big, big speed from this field. The filly here, Corey Lannery in the Irish, Retivas McCauley. And if you go back and look, there's four starts, win, win, second, win. And Wildcat Eris just ran five on the turf at uh, Churchill Downs. And anything that I've ever heard, when you're sprinting, the most important thing, it wasn't turf or dirt or poly. You just had to have flat-out speed. This three-year-old filly by Wildcat Air really has the, uh, the, 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 the lay of the land. Lady Alexander, six to five out of the two-hole in there, but I see Wildcat Air is getting a great, great rail trip there, and I think that's going to get you, uh, get you off to a flying start. Uh, we've given out a couple winners from Dangerous Dan. We've had... Scott Lake, I think, was engaging as all get out. He made it all worthwhile. And then we had Mr. Daniel Centeno, and he gave you the kind of inside backbone to what's happening in Tampa. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. This week is no exception. We'd like to thank Mr. Scott Lake, Daniel Centeno, and Dangerous Dan for calling in, and especially you for tuning in. So until next week, may your winners be many. Your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.